Hey everyone, welcome in to another daily editorial here on the KE Report. Corey and Shad talking markets and recapping some of that recent inflation data with Craig Hemke, founder and editor of TFMetalsReport.com. Now, Craig, we had some U.S. inflation data this morning. It continues to show that, well, inflation is slowly moderating, but slowly being a key term there. Coming closer to that 2% level that the Fed wants, not there yet. It was very much in line with expectations, and we're not really seeing much of a market reaction here. Most markets are flat. We always talk about gold. Gold is slightly up, but you know what? Gold has been in this trading range now for a couple months, right around the 2000 to about 2050, 2060 level, and we're pretty much right at that 2055 level right now. Craig, what was your takeaway from that inflation data out of the U.S.? Any highlights for you? I this is kind of a case that it wasn't as bad as people feared it was going to be. So a little bit of a relief action that it came in. I think the PCE as it was um, month over month, year over year, the core PCE month over month, year over year were exactly at expectations. And I think there was kind of a relief that it wasn't worse at expectations like the CPI was three weeks ago. So there's that. I've seen. There's some follow-up analysis of that number today that's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is okay, but oh, boy, the super core, oh, that's really bad. And I'm thinking, oh, God, well, the super-duper core must be terrible then. I, you know, whatever. It, you can pick at it all you want, and I'm sure they, uh, people all have a great point. But for once, this kind of the what we call algo hell kind of worked in our favor because, you know, like every like I often complain about the jobs report. And the numbers are, you know, which ultimately get revised lower and how much it is statistical. But it doesn't matter because of so much volume is done by the machines and the machines just scan the headlines and see the headline number and then they go off and running. So I've seen other, like I said, other people today say, oh, yeah, the super duper, super califragilistic core is really bad. But that doesn't matter to the machines. The machines saw the number first thing this morning. And the dollar sold off and the metals rallied and they've held their gains most of the day. There's been other economic data that's come out today that's been not very positive. And so that's allowed the metals to to hold those gains through the day and into here. What is the end of the month? Well, Craig, let's talk about gold here at the end of the month, because once again, as Corey pointed out, we're kind of hovering in that range 2000 to 2050. You know, I was putting out a weekly chart just last week and noticed that for the last 15 weeks in a row, gold has held you know, the week above the 2000 level. Yep. Are you getting a sense that it doesn't matter if it's good news or bad news or any news, gold is just kind of treading sideways here. Do you take that as a net positive because it's actually not selling off in the face of what could have been some reasons to throw it back down? Or are you seeing it as a net negative that it can't seem to getting momentum going despite any news like geopolitical things, any other economic news that should be vaulting it higher? What's the deal with gold just stuck in the muck? Here comes the gold bug, all excited that he's only down 1% year to date, right? But I do think it's good news. My goodness gracious. You know, remember, we spoke at the end of last year about how, I mean, we've gone, the market had gotten over the top, over the rainbow on how many rate cuts were coming in 2024. You know, it was going to be like seven or eight rate cuts. And the rate cut expectations as we ended 2023 the likelihood of a rate first rate coming as soon as May was 100%. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was like 99.8 and I'm rounding up, but 
But on those things you get at the CME website, it was 100% certainty there was going to be a rate cut in May. Right now, that's a 16% certainty, 16% chance. So we've endured, you know, that shift of expectations. We've endured the yield on the 10-year note going up by 40 basis points. We've endured a three-point rally in the dollar index. We've endured all of this. And gold year-to-date is off about 1%. I think it, the spot finished at 2063 uh, last year. On the last trading day, it's now like 2046. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. That it's, if you'd have told me, all, I mean, I knew this, a lot of this stuff was going to happen because I thought we'd, like, like I said, gotten way out ahead of ourselves with those kind of bullish, if you want to call it that, expectations. If you told me we'd endure all of that in the first two months and gold only be down 1%, that's really remarkable. So I'll take it. You know, and if we can hold this level and then the rate cuts do start, well, then we're starting from a, you know, a platform that's already above 2,000. As, as you said, Shad, we're now 15 weeks in a row. Absent uh, absolute catastrophe tomorrow, 15 weeks in a row closing on a weekly basis above $2,000. And after never finishing the month ever, I remember joking about this. In the recorded history of mankind, gold has never closed above $2,000 an ounce for a month. After having never done that, it's now done four months in a row. So yeah, you know what? If you can say it's good that we're only down 1%, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. And I'll add one more thing. I think we're getting pretty close to having flipped to the other, the polar opposite extreme, done a complete 180. You know, if everybody was way out ahead of themselves with how many rate cuts were coming uh, in December, I think now by the end of February, people might have gotten a little bit too uh, pessimistic about it. And so we'll see. So, Craig, whatever happened to that one universal chart that we were talking about through the last couple of years where dollar up, yields up, everything else was down? What we've seen is dollar do okay, yields are higher, markets have continued to move higher. We've even seen a broadening of breadth, but yeah, it does seem like gold kind of left behind in that and the gold stocks they've unfortunately gone completely the opposite direction so what happened to this universal chart why have the gold stocks been left behind and why isn't gold joining in well let's see I, you know regarding one universal chart and the trend toward that i'll just say it's just still just a trend toward that that there are always going to be variances in the trend but it you certainly seem to be heading in that general direction still to the extent that there are dislocations at present. Regarding, again, though, correlations, you know, we've, the three of us have talked about this on multiple occasions, of laying, constructing a chart where you lay the price of silver on top of the GDX. And you see on six months, six years, 15 years, the almost one-to-one correlation between the two. And silver is down year-to-date, which would imply that the GDX would be down, and it certainly is. This mass exodus out of the mining shares, particularly in the last month, has really been remarkable. I don't know if I would hesitate to call it some kind of capitulation. It's just almost like an ambivalent. I mean, people just don't even, nobody even wants to own them. I compared us all on my, on my podcast for my subscribers yesterday, I compared us all to lepers. <laughs> I'm watching this program with my wife. It's like a Netflix thing. But it's all set in the time of Christ. And there's an episode that we watched the other night where all of a sudden this leper comes walking up. And everyone's like, oh, God, it's a leper. Stay away from him. <laughs> Don't you feel like that's what we are at this point? 
um, if you're an enthusiast of the mining shares. So, I, again, is that a sign of the bottom? You know, is it capitulation? I don't know. But, I, you know, one last thing I'd say in this kind of scattershot answer, Corey, somebody, I, I'd seen a thing, we talked about Newmont last week, and somebody had said, oh, yeah, and it, Newmont's particularly bad because of how greatly it's underperforming its benchmark. And somebody said the benchmark was the GDX. And I thought, well, yeah, that's true. But then also think Newmont's like 13% weighted in the GDX. So it's, you know, the thing is kind of self-fulfilling in a way. And just think if it wasn't in the GDX, how much more underperforming it would be because the GDX would be doing that much better. So the thing has kind of snowballed on itself. And um, like I said, you know, you just make, not that it's capitulation, but I just wonder if how much the optimism of, you know, that was way overdone at the end of December hasn't been replaced by pessimism that's equally overdone. Yeah, Craig, it sure feels like being junior mining stock lepers, when you look at the SILJ chart, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty ugly. Well, let me ask you this. Since there's such a tight correlation between silver and the mining stocks, both gold and silver stocks, silver is a really tough one for everybody to call. Everybody makes the point it's an industrial metal, but it's also a precious metal. It's a hybrid. In theory, it generally tracks gold in its movements, but it really hasn't followed gold up to new highs like gold has done. It's, it's nowhere close to $50, but it also is just kind of been stuck in a range-bound trade. We've looked at the COT report with you a couple weeks in a row. We've looked at some of the demand drivers for the silver itself as an industrial metal. Is it a precious metal? Is it an industrial metal? What is it going to take to get silver moving? Because it seems like that's almost more germane than what's happening to gold. I'm going to kind of veer off. This is something I've been thinking about the last, it's just the last couple of days, actually. I don't know if, how much you guys follow the broader commodity markets, but I saw something, I guess it was just yesterday about the what are the CTAs, the commodity trading funds, you know, that are have all the run all the algorithms that trade all the commodities, are short like is obscene amount of Chicago Board of Trade contracts on soybeans, corn, and wheat. And those charts, remember we talk about the 45 degree down angle charts when some, you know, a machine is just simply on the offer nonstop and you just get this steady 45 degree down. Take a look at the chart of soybeans over the last, just this year. It's gone from $14 a bushel to 11 just straight down. And so anyway, that got me thinking about a couple of things. Those machines are obviously, we see them flipping in and out and flipping sides of silver all the time too. And I wonder if, look, you know how I feel about the pricing scheme and the derivatives and the just-in-time delivery of physical at the brand. We can go into that anytime you want. But I also wonder if, and I'm, I promise I'm answering your question, Shed. I think if you think of silver just as a commodity, like the grains, because what happens with the grains every year? They grow a bunch. You can't store it, right? It's not like you can put grain in the long-term storage in Fort Knox. So the farmers grow a bunch, and then the world eats it all. And then there are some times when they have really good weather, and they grow more than demand and price, you know, Corn goes to three dollars. Then there are some times when the weather is horrible, you know, drought, you know, and whatever, and corn goes to eight dollars. And but every year supply just kind of meets demand. And I, I wonder if that isn't I, I, just another way to look at silver. Again, I don't. We I know there's a supply deficit, and I know that the price based off of derivatives. That's why you have the silver gold silver ratio at ninety to one rather than sixteen to one because there's so many derivatives. But if, if you're going to get silver to go, 
I, maybe we do need to have some kind of recognized, again, supply deficit where the demand is such and supply can't keep up, like when there's a drought in the grains. I don't know. There's a, that's a long answer, but just something that I've been thinking about that I obviously I hadn't fully thought through into a cohesive, <laughs> brief answer. But maybe, I don't know, it's just a little something different. Well, we'll end it there. We'll let everybody <laughs> think through that then for you, Craig. And if anybody wants to clarify what Craig was saying, or if you have other thoughts on that, please let us know. We'll be chatting with them next week anyway. And who knows if we'll be talking about an uptrend here, a bottom in place. But right now, yeah, just interesting to see how all the markets are moving. And gold, as you said, again, closing over $2,000. Hasn't seemed to matter for the gold stocks, though. Craig, thank you very much for your time, buddy. We'll chat again next week.